welcome to Conversations About Life. Well, thanks, Kimberly and Cindy, for being guests on my podcast. So, um, Cindy is my sister, and Kimberly is her friend. And um, Cindy's been on the podcast before, but... um, why don't we start with you just saying something about yourself, just each of you. And Cindy, do you want to start? Yeah, sure. So my name is Cindy, and uh, I am your sister, as we've established. Uh, yeah, I don't know a whole lot about me. Um, I work in the healthcare field. I have two daughters, um, and um, I, I have. I like to drive my old car. That's a Mustang. How about that? Is yeah. that a random fact? Yeah. What year is your Mustang? Is a '66. '66. I had a dream about it last night, so it's kind of fresh on my mind for some odd reason. So. Was it a good dream? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Red Mustang convertible. Yeah, absolutely. 66. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And Kimberly, just what about yourself? How would you introduce yourself? I'm, my name is Kimberly Johnson. I work in healthcare also. I'm a speech therapist at a hospital in Florida, and I have five daughters and um, been friends with Cindy since... A, about a week after I got married, which has been over a long time ago. Yeah. That's how long we've known each other. Okay. Yeah. Where did you meet? At church. Mm-hmm. At church. When we both lived in Illinois. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you've stayed pretty close the entire time? I would yes. say so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Even though she moved away at a really pivotal point in my life, we still have remained friends. <laughs> it's good that she's not bitter about that. No, I'm not. She moved away uh, one year, no, excuse me, one week after I had my daughter, Alyssa. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then do you live pretty close now? No, I live in Florida. Oh, Florida. Wow. She, okay. Mm-hmm. So this has been a long distance friendship. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, for a long time. How long have you, have you lived in Florida? 29 years. Well, I should have just done the math with Alyssa's age. Alyssa's age. I'm gonna figure that I wasn't going to say that, but yes. <laughs> now everybody knows how old she is. She's young. Um, yeah, that long. But before that, I guess, uh, was I, um, I wasn't 18. I was, was I 19 or 20 when we met? Probably. Yeah. And then we, well, how, yes. Yeah. And so we're, um, although we're like, a, she's a year ahead of me in school, our birthdays are, you know, just six months apart or something like that. So we're essentially I'm older. She, I wasn't going to mention that. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but when we met, I was still in college and. You were still in college too, right? right. I yeah. mean, one of the first things you did for me as a friend is teach me how to drive a stick shift. That's right. Okay. I had a stick shift ministry for a little while <laughs> and also a mall ministry. Yeah. Yeah. So I had to show her where the mall was too. So this was this, you guys were both teenagers then? Well, we were in college. Young married. Young married, yeah. But we both got married when we were pretty young. Right. So you kind of combined the two. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what I thought we would talk about is friendship. And I like that, and Cindy brought up the idea, and I like that. So maybe we'll talk a little bit about you guys and the history of your friendship, and maybe just things you've learned about friendship over the years, Mm -hmm. and just anything along those lines. And then maybe just things about friendships and relationships that don't necessarily pertain to you, but I just have some questions, and would just like to know just whatever thoughts that you all might have. Perfect. So as far as the history of your um, friendship, um, like how did it start off? Um, Were you close friends from the beginning or were there 
pivotal moments that, um, you know, where that friendship came together and were there things that threatened it or just anything along those lines? So. Go ahead. So we met because uh, my husband and I had just gotten married and we were visiting churches to determine where we wanted to go to church. And that's where I met Cindy and her husband, Fred. Uh, he was the pastor and it was a very small church. And I think Cindy was just really relieved to see someone under 50 years old in the church. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. So she was going to um, a university that I was transferring to. So she took me there and showed me around, showed me where to park. That was very critical Mm -hmm. and um, just kind of helped me. Um, But you know, of course, what I story, what I want to tell is when you had me over for lunch. Oh yeah. Yeah. I tell that. That's funny. Yeah, because we both lived in Brunel. So, like, she lived in an apartment, and Fred and I had just started renting a house in Collinsville that was like super old and kind of a little creepy sometimes. But yeah, it was cute. It was cute, but the basement was kind of creepy. I never got to see it. She oh, wouldn't right. let me go. I wouldn't let her go to the basement. It was dirt floors. It was kind of creepy. Yeah, anyway, go ahead. Yes. So, I mean, I was in a new town. I didn't have any friends, and Cindy befriended me, which was wonderful. And so she invited me over for lunch, which was also really sweet. Hospitality is really important to friendship, living life together. Yes. So she invited me over for lunch. And so I come over for lunch and she's making chicken noodle soup. And it's the kind, the Campbell's soup can kind. Because both of us, both of us, our husbands were working, but we were in school. So we, neither of us had very much money. So she was making Campbell's soup. Mm -hmm. So she, you know, put the soup in and she added the can of water like you're supposed to. (laughs) And so she's warming it on the stove. And Fred comes in and says, what? Why did you only add one can of water? You know you're supposed to add two cans of water. Because it makes it go further. That was Fred's philosophy to life. Add two cans of water. Yeah. I, you know, for us it was a special treat. Kimberly was there. So, was so it wasn't as diluted as normal. It's like water and a few noodles. Yeah. No, that was, that was funny. We, I think, yeah, I think the first thing we did was we set up a time when I met you. I knew you were new to the area. I set up a time to take you to the university. And was that also the same time we went to the mall? I'm not sure. I can't remember if it was the same day or whatever. But I went over to her apartment and then drove her around. And we, yeah, we looked at everything. But um, And then after that, I think it was kind of easy. Because we yeah. just had a lot of life experiences that were the same. Like I had been married just, I think, right at a year maybe. Right. And you had just gotten married. So I was, you know, the pro. <laughs> and a homemaker at this time. No, it wasn't. Um, but we studied a lot together. Yeah. Um, we had all of our breaks together, which was nice. So I remember one of the things that we did our first November together was we'd had a week off for Thanksgiving. And so we went to, I think one year at your house, but we did it every year, but we would just like spend a couple of days just baking and then we would divvy up everything. And then we had all these baked goods for like Thanksgiving, Christmas. So that was fun. We always make yeah. cookies together. Yeah. Our claim to fame was that we made cinnamon rolls, so we would study, and these cinnamon rolls took all day long, basically. So we would study and different things like that. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah we and then uh, just going to church together too, being a small church, you know, you kind of get to know each other pretty well. So, yeah. Okay. And then, um, and then you you mentioned that you moved, and did that um, kind of um, did that threaten? the relationship at all or um did you have to get used to that the changes in that type of you know relationship we definitely had to get used to the changes because i mean a lot of parts of our lives kind of overlapped and Mm -hmm. even though kimberly 
um, had a daughter and I didn't have a daughter at the time. Like, you know, we, um, we still saw each other a bunch. Mm -hmm. So I think it, it definitely did change. Um, but I think we, we probably came more, more intentional about a relationship. That's exactly what I was going to say. Although we, we had been intentional because we met for breakfast once a week at McDonald's. Yes. Because since I had a one-year-old, we had to go somewhere, you know, that was okay for her to be allowed. But yeah, we met for breakfast once a, once a week, just so that we would have, time together. I mean, because we saw each other at church, but you know, other people. Yeah. But we did that before Audrey was even born. Oh, we did? We did. Because I remember you getting sick on the way there. Yeah, she would get, she had the spot she would throw up before she would go there. Can we say that on radio? Anyway, we're not really radio. Morning sickness. Morning sickness. Mm, She was basically puking on the side of the road on her way to McDonald's. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. wrong. So we were doing, yeah. So yeah. So but yeah, right. but you're right. We, we did, did have, have to, to be intentional mm-hmm. with, well, I mean, I just think because we had so much in common and we had such a deep friendship and we had spent so much time together and, you know, so we had times together at church and with young marrieds, you know, so lots of time that we were in the same space, but mm-hmm. not necessarily, you know, we weren't like exclusive, right. you know? but then, you know, we would always make sure we took time, just the two of us to mm-hmm. continue our friendship. So then, yes, of course, moving made a difference, but then we continued to vacation together and mm-hmm. see each other, see each other, right? I don't, we did wrote, we no, email? I don't remember. I don't think I even, we, I know we wrote each other letters okay. and we would call occasionally. Yeah. There was no texting back in those days. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I don't I don't think we were necessarily using email as like a form of communication back. I can't necessarily. Remember. No, I think we were writing letters and sending cards and stuff yeah. like that. Oh yeah. yeah, definitely. But we did that like a lot, I think. Well, and even I mean, I know it's small, but even like um Christmas presents we always mailed to yeah. to the kids and mm-hmm. you know just yep. yeah, being intentional about being there for each other. Yeah. So, you know, this was a surprise for you, Kimberly, just being a guest on the podcast. And Cindy knew she suggested it, and I, and then you know I get here, and then I realize you know this I realize it's all a surprise. So you got to keep it is, spicy, yeah. Is that um, common, like yes. little <laughs> quirky things like that? Or? Yes, yes, yes. Um, I can't think of another example though when we've done stuff like that. But yeah, I knew she'd be fine. Yeah. Okay. It's always an adventure with her. How about that? (laughs) There you go. Yeah. You know, one thing too, I think that helped uh, build a foundation was um, not only did we go to church together, but we, and we were intentional because we did have that time, but we always, we created some traditions, right? Where we always went out on Christmas. Remember, Mm -hmm. we would always do like the, like a a Christmas show, right? Mm -hmm. And then we would drag our husbands along because they didn't really want to go. But we always would pick a Christmas show, like at the Fox or Powell Hall, and then we'd always have dessert at this fancy place afterwards. We called it the home of the $20 dessert. (laughs) Yeah. So we did that. That's why we didn't eat dinner. We only ate dessert. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And I remember the year that you guys forgot the tickets. Remember that? Oh, yeah. (laughs) We had to go back and get that in Edwardsville or Maryville, wherever it was we were living. But yeah, that was funny. Um, so we did we did things like that that I think built a lot. But we also did ministry together too, which was right. really cool. Like if someone in the church was going to have a baby or get married, Kimberly and I a lot of times would do like the shower. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that Kimberly and I did together that's actually still going on at Maryville, which was really cool, was we did this yard giveaway. And we did this as a way just to bring people in the church, but also to help maybe those that were... Um, 
lower income that needed some additional um, supplies. And we just kind of accidentally did it around the time that school was starting. So we found like a lot of people were bringing like their kids to the church, like to get school clothes and things like that. But you just donate like really good use things. And then we um, purposely sort of advertised in some of the areas within the area that were you know, a little bit, you know, struggling and we had a lot of people come and then we just did that year over year and, and now the church is still doing it i don't know if they still call it yard giveaway but they have haircuts for kids uh getting ready to go back to school they do backpacks for everybody i mean it's all the deacons participate it's really a major thing but that started a long time ago mm-hmm. um and there was other people who took it upon themselves in the church and really championed it uh, which is what it is today but it started in yeah, our old yeah. church fellowship hall. Yeah, we did it for numerous years in a row. Um, so as um, so, you mentioned some traditions. That, mm-hmm. I just want to ask you about routines and stuff. Like, um, so there's kind of yearly, annual traditions. But what is your? Do you have like a friendship routine um, that's like weekly or monthly or anything? Or like, how do you all stay in and contact with one another um you know or do you or you know how's that go <laughs> well no i was laughing because we text a lot mm-hmm. which we fill in the gap because our daughters are terrible text backers so yeah. at least when i text cindy i know that i'm going to get a response i do so I really appreciate that yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. there yeah. is there's just something so wonderful you know that cindy has known me for so many years over 30 Almost 35 years. Wowzer. I know. Um, you know, she just, she knows me. She just knows me. And so um, I know she can pray for me in ways that, you know, other, I mean, not, I mean, I have other friends that would pray for me, but when I text Cindy, I just have confidence that she cares and that she will pray for me and that she will check in on me. So we don't have a specific day that we text or whatever, but if I'm going through something, usually Cindy is the first person that I text, like, please pray. Yeah, <laughs> same here. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things that probably has um, kept us close over the last several years is that, you know, we do really intentionally pray for each other and let each other know sort of what those prayer requests are and those struggles. And I think the thing I appreciate about him is it's, it's like sometimes it's big stuff and sometimes it's like really small stuff too, yeah, right? Yeah. But yeah, it's important. It matters to us. And yeah, and I think that that's um, a really beautiful thing. And I have felt Kimberly's prayers like so many different times where I've been just at a place where I was really broken and struggling and maybe I didn't feel comfortable telling a lot of people, but because, you know, Kimberly has been my friend for so long and it's not, you know, I don't worry about her judging me or, you know, um, thinking less of me because I'm struggling. Um, it's been really easy to share those, I think, really difficult moments and know that she's, you know, sustaining me. I think one of the things that really, really um, just provided so much um, blessing to me was we went on a mission trip to Jordan together, which was a lot of fun. Um, and then when we were over there, we bought bracelets. And I was at the time really sort of contemplating. I knew I needed to find another place to work and just I felt God leading me and I had a couple of different opportunities and it worked through and it was kind of this source of struggle. And when Kimberly brought that bracelet and she kept it on uh, every day to remind her to pray for me regarding that job. Um, and, you know, God answered that prayer and I'm really grateful to him for that and for your prayers in my life. But, you know, just little things like that, like that means a lot that someone's that intentional about, mm-hmm. you know, caring for And she, she still has it on. Yeah, this is, mm-hmm. I don't yeah. ever take it off. It's to remind me to pray for you. Isn't that cool? 
is. But that, that's the thing about Kimberly. I think that's, I appreciate a lot of things about Kimberly. She does have the gift of hospitality. She's even when she was younger, and I think I was still trying to figure out like what that looked like in my life. Like she, it came very natural to her, which was awesome. I learned a lot about that, and I'm going to tell the story in a minute about the dirt pudding. But anyway, but also, uh, but she's just she's taught me a lot about prayer. Not in anything that she's said, but just because I've watched you live your life. And when I always say, you know, do you know, people use the term prayer warrior and I'm not even sure what that really means, but I know it's someone who just really intentionally prays. And that's the thing I've really learned about Kimberly is that, you know, she is a prayer warrior and, um, she sets aside time to pray for people and things and praise and fast. And so I always really appreciate that. Does that mainly look like, um, just knowing each other and how to pray for one another, or is it mainly look like praying together, or what? How does it look like in your guys' relationship? I think it's praying for each other. Mm. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, I can I tell you a story real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So, anyway, so we were Todd and Kimberly still lived in their little apartment in Collinsville, and we had this was like back in the days where like you would have an evangelist come in and like do like a week long like revival at your church, right? So, of course, what is the main thing you have to do at a Baptist church? You've got to feed this evangelist. Like, that's a big part of this whole revival thing, being successful or unsuccessful. So Kimberly, having the gift of hospitality, you know, she shows up. She invites, you know. And so Fred and I came over with the evangelist. His name was Jack Stanton. He was pretty well known. But the cool thing was, was he had been a pastor at Maryville, like, way, way, way long ago. And he was one of Fred's professors and... I, I think mean, he was probably like 70 years old. I yeah. think that's also yes. important he to was, know. Yeah, he was very old. Yeah, and he just had a great personality. He was he was a great man. And I think he was even like the second vice president of the Southern Baptist Convention at one point. I don't know. Anyway, so we have him over. And so we eat this nice meal. And unbeknownst to us, like, you know, you don't realize it, but sitting on the middle of like the table is like this flower pot, right? This pot with, you know, flowers in it. And then Kimberly, all of a sudden, she's like, well... You know, like we're done eating and, you know, it's the time for dessert. And um, anyway, she goes, well, I didn't really have time to fix dessert, so I'm just going to give you guys some dirt. And she just starts taking this dirt out and just like starts slapping it on people's plates, right? What was like the dirt pudding situation? But we didn't know that for a second. And we're just like, she like played it up. She didn't know this evangelist from anybody. She totally played it up. I was like, that was one of your best moments. It was really, really funny. And he liked it, though. He thought it was funny. Yeah. Yeah. But... Mm-hmm. When you say you learned hospitality from me, that was probably a lesson we could have skipped. <laughs> you know, you learn good and bad. Yep. <laughs> I like that. Uh, yeah, um, mm-hmm. the dirt pudding. Yeah. Well, yeah, hospitality has come up like a couple times now yeah. with the soup and now this and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, So, you know, I know you're good at hospitality and I appreciate that. And I guess um, that just seems like an important thing, hospitality for in friendships, but also in just... Um, like strangers and stuff like that. And, oh, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. That's just, I don't know what to say about it. It just seems like it's important. I, I think thing. it is important. I mean, I think if we wouldn't have been hospitable towards each other, like we, <laughs> we would invite each other into our homes. And, and our homes were in many ways, like, you know, they were put together by garage sale furniture. <laughs> I mean, they weren't anything special. But, um, you know, we, we did. We opened up that area of our lives to each other. And I think that made a big a big impact, don't right. you? I, I do. I think, yeah, living life and the uh, good and the bad and the, uh, you know, fun and the mundane mm-hmm. even is important. But yeah, having people in your home, you know, it's one thing to meet a friend for coffee, which is wonderful, but there's something more intimate and more 
special about having them into your home for that same exact maybe cup of coffee. I mean, Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be a meal, but it's just your home tells a lot about you. And so when you let someone into your home, you're letting them see more of who you are. And Mm -hmm. I think it's really important. So yeah, that sharing of time. And it's funny that Cindy said she learned from me because I felt like she was the really hospitable one. She would have to host these deacon dinners and different (laughs) stuff. And she'd be like, I need one more dessert. Can you make something real quick? (laughs) And different things like that. So you did a lot of hospitality stuff being a pastor's wife. I I did. I think what I learned from you though was I think that I put a lot of like stock into like, you know, making sure that everything was perfect. And I put a lot of pressure on myself. And I think the thing I learned from you is that you just really seemed a lot more relaxed, I think, than, than I did. And, um, just, it just kind of was a natural flow for you. And I I learned from you that, you know what, it doesn't, it's okay. You know, um, just the most important thing is being emotionally present. So I think that's, that's what I learned from you. And I learned from you though, that sometimes it is really good to make extra effort and actually make a dessert (laughs) (laughs) and not feed him dirt. No, just joking. (laughs) So for me, um, like when it comes to like dinner parties and stuff like that, you know, I've tried that and, um, to it's, like a little distracting because I'm just all, I'm thinking about the situation like how's the food mm-hmm. how are people comfortable are they talking to one another I'm t- and all of that whereas um, if I'm kind of an introvert so my preferred way to connect with someone is just me and them face to face and you know we just talk um, so I I don't know if I've learned to enjoy dinner parties much as far as being a host you guys any suggestions for me, or should I just give it up? <laughs> Don't give it up. I think it's important. I mean, I, I would say, first of all, that nothing is going to be perfect. Like, I would sort of, like, kind of, like, get upset, like, if, you know, the meat was overdone or whatever. And, mm-hmm. you know, something like that is definitely going to happen. And I think the thing is that that's not what people's going to, the people aren't going to remember that. They're going to remember just, like, the connection and the presence and the fun that they had. So I think that's it. I think also when you're really human like that, it takes pressure off from the people that are there. Like I've been to some places that were like perfect and it's like, that's a lot of, I'm like, well, I'll never be that, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think it just helps humanize the whole experience and helps people connect and it shows your weakness. You can pre-burn something and that way it shows your weakness. Yeah. I just burn everything. But, um, (laughs) (laughs) sorry for the raw chicken. (laughs) Go the other direction. (laughs) But I think all of us have different personalities and different strengths and weaknesses. And so dinner party, you may not I mean, small might be better for you. I mean, but also just, yeah, taking the pressure off the food. I mean, what did I say Cindy's hospitality was based on? A 25 cent can of chicken noodle soup. I mean, so it's the food, but it's not the food. Yeah. And so um, my mom actually, one of the things that she showed me that was awesome is she wanted to have everyone in her Sunday school class over for dinner like one couple at a time, like over time. So she found one recipe that was really easy that she liked, and that's what she served everybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, because it was, you know, it was different right. people every time. So she had the menu figured out, and that was that took the pressure off of that, and she served the same thing every time. I went through a time where uh, we made crockpot meals Sunday morning. I put everything in the crockpot, and I didn't know who I was going to invite, but I would go to church. I knew about how many servings were in the crockpot, and I would find someone to invite. So the meal was already made. They came over and that's a really good time to have people over because after church, you're really hungry and you're so happy that somebody has a plan for you <laughs> that it's, it doesn't matter. You know, like Friday, yeah. if you have like a Saturday night dinner party, then all day long, you know, you're stressed trying to get ready and they're anticipating coming. 
if you, it's a relief when you invite somebody over for Sunday lunch. Mm-hmm. Right. So the expectations right. are much lower. Right. There you go. I right. think having things made ahead of time too helps because then you're you're able to be like present and talking with people, you know. Right. And, and I also think then, you know, people usually offer to bring something. Mm-hmm. And I've started to where I'm like, okay, yeah, actually you could, you know, so taking them up on that because they like to contribute. Right. I think people do. I think I mean, that I like is important. Yeah. yeah. And just being willing to be like, you know, no, it's okay. Like you can bring whatever. I think that's that's helpful too. Right. I agree. Yeah. So I think another thing too, I remember like when we got, you know, we were in school so we had a lot going on. Um, but I remember that there'd be times when like you would come in and like, maybe we were meeting at my house or whatever. And I would go and we would always say things like, you should take a lot of comfort that I'm letting you come in because my house is a disaster. And if I didn't like you and trust you, I wouldn't let you see my house look this bad. I remember we would say that different times. Like, it's a disaster. But I think, too, it's just like being real. Like, you know, that's a big part of, you know, I think being human, but also being friends and letting people, you know, see all how, sides of you. Well, how real can you be? For example, um, as an introvert, um, you know, like, being with people kind of can wear a person mm-hmm. out. Yes. So I want to be with people, mm-hmm. but it's like, it's time for, you know, I'd like to be by myself now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So can you um, be that real saying, okay, goodbye. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like well, the Carol, like remember the Carol Burnett skit way back when, when like, you know, she's trying to, she's trying to go to bed and the couple's still there and they're talking and then she like comes out and her like you know, hair and rollers and, and then she's like, eventually at the end of the thing, she's like, she pulls out the sofa that they're sitting on and makes it into a bed and lays down in between them. Not really, not that real, but, but I mean, I think Todd sometimes, cause he would work really early oh, in right, the morning, you know, he would say stuff like, you know, please be quiet when you shut the door on your way out I'm going to bed. But I'm the same way in that I like, um, having people over, but uh, it does make me tired. And I usually have to go to my bedroom for a little bit and, you know, kind of be, I mean, my family knows, like, I just have to have now a little time of not talking to anybody, even my family that I love and I'm obviously very comfortable with. Mm-hmm. So again, you know, setting those, you know, if you know that about yourself, setting those boundaries with what, um, you know, what's going to work for you. So like Sunday lunch, the reason I started doing that is because um, my husband was teaching a young married, uh, married with young kids class. So we knew they were going to come eat lunch and then they were going to leave because their kids would need naps. I mean, so like, you know, kind of setting yourself oh, right. up for, mm-hmm. you know, sure. I know that they're only going to stay a, a limited amount of time. Right. <laughs> I think it's okay to say, you know, even when you invite people. So I'm inviting mm-hmm. you on a Thursday. I'm going to have an early morning Friday. So we can't, you know, stay up yeah. real late. But I would love for you to come over for a few hours for right. dinner. I think yeah. just saying something subtle like that. Yeah. People, yeah. There's a nice way to understand. say it. Yeah. yeah. I think people understand. Yeah. yeah. Um, Okay, so um, one thing I was wanting to ask you about, and this is, I got this from C.S. Lewis. He talks about friendship um, not necessarily being like about the friendship, but it's like pursuing something together, seeing something together. Like a friend is someone like, oh, you see it too, you know, and there's mm-hmm. that, that common pursuit or common enjo- enjoyment. You click in some way. Mm-hmm. Um do you have any thoughts about that? Um, like sometimes it can be, I can kind of make sense of that because sometimes it's like, well, let's be friends just for the sake of being friends. And I, there's, you can go a certain distance with that, but, um, I don't know. It makes sense to me. Like we're in this life to pursue something. Let's do it together and help each other or something like that. You have any thoughts? 
Well, yeah, we had it this morning. Yeah. So, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and we were, I was quoting C.S. Lewis, so that was funny. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, I mean, I think both of us want to glorify God with our lives and we want to pursue him and do what he wants, uh, what he's called us to do. And at least for me, I struggle with that sometimes, sometimes knowing what to do or how to do it or following through. And so anyway, there was a decision, there's a decision that I need to make and I've been praying about it and trying to figure it out. And then I've talked to Cindy about it this morning and she, you know, provided some great counsel and wisdom to me and help is helping me as mm-hmm. I make that decision. So yes, the fact that we have this common desire um, to pursue God, you know, then that helps us pour into each other and offer um, words of wisdom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think that that's very well said. Um, yeah, and I think it, it may change, right? Because we both became moms kind of close to the same time, like, you know, um, and then obviously that there's that shared common interest. She had a girl, I had a girl, she had a girl, I had a girl. And, and then had, she was a big fat quitter. Yeah, I was. She had, she had three more. I was out. Uh, anyway... <laughs> Um, but you know, I think that even through all of that, like, you know, you have, that's, there's some common desires there. I think missions has been a big one Mm -hmm. that's united us. So we've done some mission stuff together and I think supported each other as we've done some individual things. She told me, I mentioned we went to Jordan together. She told me she was going and I said, I'm going to go too. So anyway, (laughs) didn't even think about that one, but yeah. But and not everything. We don't mean to make it sound like everything we do is super spiritual. I mean, we've no. spent a lot of time shopping. That's what we did last night. We mm-hmm. both belong to book clubs, yes. obviously in different cities. Yeah. But we compare. I've learned that I'm not usually a fan of books that Cindy likes. <laughs> really? Oh, that's right. Because you didn't like that. Oh, I yeah, didn't. Like, that's right. I mean, some of the books, mm-hmm. but I still like to read mm-hmm. things that she recommends. I just, you know, kind of set myself my expectations appropriately. <laughs> But Cindy recommended it, probably won't like it, but I'll say it. I'll read it anyway. So, I mean, just shared interests, mm-hmm. having adult children. Yes. We ruminate together about what it's like to relate to your adult daughters, mm-hmm. our adult daughters. Right. Mm-hmm. They're all very different. And there's probably some way that it helps you each to be growing as people and mm-hmm. by doing it together or something like mm-hmm. that. Huh? Oh, yeah. I, th- I think that helped as moms, too. Although by the time, you know, we were both moms, we kind of weren't living in the same city together. But I think we would still sort of, like, learn from each other, mm-hmm. right? About, like, what was working, what wasn't working, and, you know, support each other in that way. Um, yeah. We both like to travel a lot, too. Mm-hmm. So that's been kind of fun. So we've, you know, done some trips mm-hmm. um, together. And now we don't take the kids. <laughs> And that's been wonderful. Yeah, I was going to say, our kids probably won't listen to this podcast, so it's safe to say that it's been really nice. Right, because, I mean, we did SeaWorld and the oh, beach. Oh, spring training. Oh, well, no, 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 spring that training was actually, was That was actually, that was pretty cool, yeah. Spring training was pretty cool. But okay. yeah, we took all the kids. But like the, the logistics are a lot easier with just me and Kimberly than all the, all the girls. Yeah. 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 But, yeah, we went to the Pacific Northwest. That was beautiful. We had yeah, a good we time. Yeah, we did that, what, a year ago? Yeah. Was it last year? Almost two years, right? Really? Mm-hmm. We need to plan another trip. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so there we go. So I think there's, okay. you know, some of that common stuff. But yeah, I think C.S. Lewis is right in that you have to have something kind of bigger to like right. ground your relationship in. 
It can't just be on, you know, like we just like to have coffee and that's it. Like it, it has to be something more than that. But I think that those things can kind of develop too, even though maybe it starts over something simple. I think it can develop into something deeper if you allow it to, um, just because as you get to know each other better, you're going to find those common shared visions and, um, passions and things like that. And some will be different, but some will be the same. They'll align and that's kind of fun. You ever have, um, friends uh, not with each other of course but that friends that you're frustrated with <laughs> like you know you know how um you know you you wish you could just say you just need to do this <laughs> you know but, but that's not necessarily what you can say or it doesn't wouldn't really help so much you know people have to kind of figure things out for themselves well i think that's true but kimberly if you see something that i'm not doing and you just slap me up cindy you need to do this i would, I would totally appreciate that i need that kind of sometimes firm direction in my life but i think frustrations are normal i mean honestly when i think about who i was when we first met right so like early 20s i may have been 19 i'm not even sure yeah i would have been 19 um but when I think about that person and I mean, just, I mean, even like, just, I thought I knew everything and I didn't, um, still don't. Um, I think there was just probably, I, I think I lacked even, you know, some empathy and compassion in my life. You know, I just put my head down. I was just focused on what was best for me and my family. And, you know, I, I probably wasn't, I probably was selfish in a lot of ways. So I think about who I was then and probably how hard it might've been to be my friend. Uh, so thanks for hanging in there. Um, and then who I am now, and of course I'm still learning and growing, but you know, I think your relationships evolve like that. And, you know, you, you kind right. of create, um, you kind of create space and I think room for people to learn, to grow and to change. And right. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Okay. So here's something you guys are real close friends, but if all of your friends were as close as you two are, um, you wouldn't be able to have careers or you wouldn't be, you know, so mm-hmm. there's like different categories of friendship, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. And um, if everyone, if you had like um, too many um, friends, you might not be able to go d- deep with any. I mean, there's right. just mm-hmm. like, is that thought out or is it just like, well, it just kind of works out and you have some really deep friendships and some, you know, it's just, you know, you have different commitments. This person, I'm just going to really stay close to. I'm going to be praying for them. But then there's like uh, 50 other people that um, know it's just if I run into them, I'm going to say hi, how it was going, catch up with them. And that's mm-hmm. all there's going to be, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, is that like, um, do you have a plan or a, an approach to that? Or is it just like it works out this way and that's just how, how it is? <laughs> I don't know if I have a plan, but sure, I think God brings people into your life during different seasons. I mean, I think two of my daughters are adopted, and I had some friends then that I really shared, you know, I mean, that were also adopting, you know, that could relate to me, and I shared with them. And now, you know, I don't keep in contact with them at all. I mean, there was no falling out, but just during that time, you know, we were relating to each other and learning from each other. So I think it is important to have friends to kind of come in and out and being willing to have that ebb and flow mm-hmm. and not feel guilty about mm-hmm. that. Um, and then, but then what a blessing from God to have someone who's there for the long haul. So I am thankful. I mean, I do have other friends, I think, that pray for me besides Cindy. I'm sure you do. 
<laughs> I mean, you know, yeah. I have I have other friends, and especially, obviously, socially, I have other friends besides Cindy because I only see her a couple of times a year. I'd be really lonely if I didn't have other friends. <laughs> but there is something about being intentional about building a long-term friendship mm-hmm. that is really special and sweet. But right. yeah, enjoying the friends that you have around you for a season. So, I mean, it could have easily been that when we moved to Florida, we right. could have said, okay, that was our season and it's ended. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think just when we met each other as young marrieds, we just cemented something that has made us want to mm-hmm. um, persevere. But mm-hmm. I think it's okay to also release friendships not for any reason, but just that that's just, you know, convenience. Right. I mean, you're mm-hmm. not in the same place anymore. You're in different experiences. And so to yeah. have those friends as well. Longevity really does something to a friendship that nothing else does, mm-hmm. you know. It's so true. And those are few, but, you know, very precious friendships mm-hmm. that have you've been friends for, for years and years and years, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I th- yeah, I definitely think that's true. And I think even though we don't necessarily we don't live by each other, and we only see each other a few times a year, like you know, it's really easy to pick up where we've left off. And I think that's one of the things that longevity does for you too. Mm-hmm. Is like you don't have because you've had so much time together. Like you're not having to sort of like recreate something each time you get together. Like you know, it's just it's just there. It's just part. That's mm-hmm. a foundation. Yeah. Um. Okay. So. Um, Okay, so this is just about other friendships and so forth. Um, just any thoughts. What about cross-gender friendships? So um, can um, any wisdom about, um, you know, that type of thing, um, like you maybe cannot be as close perhaps, um, but you don't want to ignore friendships with the opposite sex, I'm imagining. Um, just any th- thoughts along those lines about what's good and wise and appropriate and um, how to have just really healthy, uh, vibrant um, friendships with people who are of the opposite gender. you have anything to say about that? I mean, I was trying to think, do I have friends? of? <laughs> I mean, I guess I do, but I do. I mean, I'm married, and so I have, you know, very um, firm <laughs> boundaries with those kinds of friends. But, yeah, I mean, I have friends that I, uh, at work, that are men, and I have in ministry that are that are men, but I, um, I would never share anything really deep with them, I don't think. May- maybe a spiritual struggle, although that can be very intimate, but, mm-hmm. you know, if it's a common thing that we're dealing with. Um, but, yeah, I try I try not to, um, yeah, I try not to go very deep at all with men. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I, I think it's, it's some of those just kind of naturally occur. I don't know if we necessarily seek them out, but I think some of them just kind of naturally occur. And I, I mean, I think for me, having, you know, not been married for a period of time, like it is nice to have, you know, men who I'm friends with. I think most of them have come about because of like circumstances like work and, you know, maybe we have a common hobby or something like that. Um, I think it is important to have boundaries up where, like, especially if you're in a relationship with somebody, like a romantic relationship with like a partner or husband or boyfriend, um, because, you know, it is important to protect that relationship. And I think that a lot of it would depend on how that person feels too, right? Like, you know, mm-hmm. that they were respectful, they, they felt comfortable with that friendship too. Um, but, you know, I think that there's something nice that 
being friends with the other gender does provide for you. Like it provides a totally different perspective. In some cases it provides, um, you know, just, um, you know, maybe a more of a holistic sort of, if you're always, you know, with females as a female, that sometimes, you know, things like that can kind of transpire that maybe you, you're not, you know, you're just not seeing that other perspective. But, um, but I do, I think that, that with a any, maybe there's some different boundaries or some different precautions that you would have to be mindful of. But I definitely think that um, being intentional and going into a friendship, knowing those things is important. And I also think it's on, it's important to be honest with yourself, though, if you're mm. developing feelings or something, you know, to know what that would look like and how to avoid that. Well, I think as you were talking, I was thinking differently about my answer mm-hmm. in that I wish English had more words for things like friends, uh-huh. because immediately I, when you said friends, I think of Cindy and I'm like, no, I would not have a male friend, anything at all, like Cindy. However, we have lots of couple friends mm-hmm. that the men, mm-hmm. I mean, I would consider those men, my friends. Yeah. Yeah. They're not who I'm going to call when I have a problem, but mm-hmm. I enjoy spending time with them Absolutely. with their wives. Right. Right. <laughs> so well, yes, yeah. I, I mean, Yes. Yeah. I had some, I've had some coworkers over the years where, um, that were men and I think we had good boundaries on our relationship and we're respectful of our gender differences, but you know, I really enjoyed talking with them. My, my former boss was a man and you know, I worked with him for 10 years and he's still somebody, if he was in town, I would go and have coffee with and, you know, just, you know, his strength and, um, perspective was always important. And then, um, you know, I worked with a, with a gentleman who I've remained friends with, um, and I'm much closer to him than I am his wife. Cause I never had that same sort of relationship with his wife that I did with him because we worked together. But, you know, I, we've talked about our kids together, I mean, different things. So yeah, there's probably not the emotional depthness that comes from a relationship like with Kimberly, but I definitely think those friendships have been extremely beneficial. I know they have been to me and, um, you know, I would, I would want to keep them and um, yeah. they're important to me. Okay. Yeah. Well, thanks for your thoughts on that. I see a pretty wide spectrum from people mm-hmm. who are very rigid and careful mm-hmm. and um, to all the way where, oh, sure, let's get a cup of coffee or whatever and just mm-hmm. free-flowing conversation and stuff like that. Yeah. So. And, and I don't, you know, I think the thing is, is that, that sometimes maybe we just, we put an element of fear around that. Mm-hmm. I don't think fear is the right thing. I think, you know, like they're so rigid that it's because you're afraid something. I don't think fear is the right thing. I think it's like respect. Um, and I think hmm. it's how do you honor all the people in your life, not just that friendship. So I think if we think of it that way, then, because otherwise if it's fear, it's like it's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't think right. friendship is a bad thing. And I think mm-hmm. we have a lot to learn from each other. Right. Um, yeah, I wouldn't want to live in a world with all women. Oh, goodness, <laughs> no. Yeah. Mm-mm. <laughs> Um, so, um, I had a thought here about just marriage and friends. Like, um, a lot of people lose their friendships when they get married. Um, Mm -hmm. like a lot of friendships are, you know, in school and college and stuff. And then family comes along, marriage and family. And it's like all of those things drop or that's how it is for men. I don't know Mm -hmm. about women, but, uh, men tend to, um, you know, do things together until marriage. And then it's like, well, those were my school buddies, but I haven't mm-hmm. talked to them in 10 years. You know? Right, right. But I guess it just takes being intentional to maintain friendships and to have like, you know, um, 
that to maintain that part of your life, I suppose, if you if it's valuable to you, huh? Yeah. When, when yeah. marriage comes along. Well, yeah, and I think too, like well, we were both married when we met, so that yeah. provided a different dichotomy there, right? Um, and then uh, now I'm not. So I mean, we've had that kind of ebbed and flowed. I mean, our husbands were never particularly close. I mean, they think they, they liked each other and they liked hanging out with each other, but they were they wouldn't have done anything by themselves necessarily. I mean, I don't think they ever did. Um, Unless it was through church or something. Yeah. But yeah, they just, you know, but... Deacon's meetings probably didn't count. No, I don't think that counts as anything close to friendship. But <laughs> anyway, no, I was joking. Uh, anyway, I think that, um, yeah, but again, I think for women especially, but I think it's true for men too, but I think we don't necessarily give men the same kind of permission. I think we all need friends, right? I think we need close friendships. And I think if we don't have that and we are in a relationship with like a marriage relationship, we, we put too much on that relationship to fulfill those needs. So I think we all have this need for friendship. And I, I think it's a beautiful thing when two people who are married are each other's best friends. Like I think that any good romantic relationship should be built on a strong friendship. However, you know, when I was married to Fred, there was no way that Fred could have met all my relational needs. Hmm. Um, because he was first of all my husband, but also because he was a man and I had the desire for girlfriends. And so, you know, I would have to make that a priority or find ways to include that in my life. Um, because I think being, you know, being married, having a career, having family, whatever season you are, like it can kind of suck, um, a lot of time away from you. And then you wake up one day and your kids are grown and you're like, where are my friends? You don't have any. Cause you basically invested all of yourself into these mm. other relationships instead of also having some relationships where, um, it was mutual and, you know, that we're investing back in you. So I think it's important, regardless of being a male or friend, a male or female, to have those friendships and to make them a priority. It's harder, um, mm-hmm. but it's, I think it's just as important. So Yeah, that's good. Um, what about being friends to neighbors? Like, I live in the suburbs, and, um, I, you know, I... Everyone stays inside, you know, it's hard to, and I would really like f- to be friends with neighbors. And, um, you know, we have done things over the years that sometimes there's been some connection, but um, it's tough just with the people next door. Um, I don't know why it, it's so hard. I guess we're just busy and, you know, we don't live in like uh, communities so much. We live in like bedroom communities mm-hmm. where, you know, he, you're gone during the day a lot, but, or you, mm-hmm. I don't know, either of you guys got uh, thoughts about connecting? We've had lots of converse- yeah, conversations about this. Yeah. 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 Go ahead. Tell me. Well, I mean, Cindy has been my role model in this, so I'm going to let her do most of the talking, but yeah, that's something that's really been on my heart and my mind that I'm willing to drive, I mean, fly across the world to serve others. And yet I have not done such a great job in my neighborhood. And so, um, but it it is a challenge and I'll give you an example recently. So for, for over 30 years, um, the people that live across the street from us have hosted a Christmas cookie exchange. And so then, um, during COVID they stopped. And then after COVID she, she's approaching 80. And so she started trying to get me. She's one of the, they're one of the neighbors that we actually do talk to on a regular basis. <laughs> anyway, so then she was trying to convince me that I needed to host the Christmas cookie exchange. And so I was reluctant, but I finally agreed last year I hosted it. So we invited the same people that they invited. So over 50 homes. Oh, wow. And I think 
maybe four homes were represented mm-hmm. that came. So that was a little bit discouraging. So this year we decided, okay, we're going to do it again and we're going to be more, um, we're on the invitation. We just kind of mimicked her invitation. We thought, well, we have a lot of new people, maybe young people who don't know what a cookie exchange is. So we had more information and we included two options. You can bring cookies and here's how you'd bring cookies, or you can just come and eat my food. You don't get to take home any cookies, but Come meet your neighbors. Mm-hmm. Four families, again, represented, which was mm-hmm. a little disheartening. But the two that we made connections to were amazing. One of them, um, one couple, they've only been in the U.S. for a few months from Brazil. And so we've already made a date to visit again. And so, you know, it is interesting. People seem to be resistant to um, meeting their neighbors even – I mean, I tried to be as nice as I could <laughs> when I was inviting people uh, – um, and they didn't come. So it, it, it's both ways. I mean, even with being somewhat willing, people didn't, I don't know if they thought it was a trick. Not sure. <laughs> You're oh, some no. Amway. <laughs> I think we're just not, don't have social skills like maybe we did 50 years ago or so. And, um, and we just, you know, maybe a lot or socially just awkward or just afraid or I'm not sure, but <clears throat> I think yeah. hospitality is a dying art. I yeah. really do. And I think it's a beautiful thing. I think mm-hmm. it's sad. I think there are in other places of the world, you see it a lot more than you do mm-hmm. in the U.S. Oh, definitely. Yeah. So they kind of just, their neighborhoods are kind of created mm-hmm. to have a sense of community. It's pretty, I remember when we were like in, you know, over in Europe for quite an extended time, like you just every night you would just see mm-hmm. people, they bring their chairs out old and young and they come out like the little town center mm-hmm. and everybody's out there and the kids are playing and everybody's talking and and they do that every night. So yeah. we just don't have routines and customs like that, I yeah. think, in our in our um, culture here in the U.S. Um, and, you know, it's kind of a big deal to get invited to someone's house for, mm-hmm. for dinner. Well, just don't do it. This couple from Brazil, I mean, when they showed mm-hmm. up at the door, they said, you know, it, back in our neighborhood in Brazil, at Christmas time, everyone was going to people's houses. Yeah. We were so happy to get your invitation. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah. I'm still really thankful mm-hmm. that we had it and that mm-hmm. I got to meet this couple and I look forward to being friends with them. Um, mm-hmm. I was going to say her, but since we just <laughs> talked about male friends, he can be my friend oh, as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I have a friend who always says, you're going to eat dinner tonight anyway. Why not invite somebody to eat it with you? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's true. We yeah. all eat. So mm-hmm. we should do a better job of having people share with us. Yeah. I, and I think that's it. It's just kind of opening ourselves up and it does make us vulnerable. Right. And it is inconvenient, mm-hmm. but we, it's not, but it is. And, um, I think that I forget who said it. Maybe it was Timothy Keller said that all life changing love is inconvenient. And I think hmm. that that's, that is true though. Right. I mean, if it matters, it really is. There's something, there's something that it cost us and mm-hmm. the, in the, the scope of life, it doesn't cost us anything, but maybe at that moment it feels, it feels like it does. So, hmm. I don't know. I'm, I'm really blessed that I live in a neighborhood that's sort of like um, designed for community and relationships. Like we are literally are on top of each other. So it's hard not to mm-hmm. get to know your neighbors. I, you know, I have some really beautiful neighbors that I'm very, very close to. And we've done a lot of life together. Um, and there's others that, you know, I, I need to reach out and be more intentional about. I think um, anytime you have those kind of relationships, like, you know, good and bad can come out of them and you just have to be prepared for that and, and open it. But, um, you know, I've really just been blessed in the way that, um, I've just had some really great, 
people in my life over the years, not just where I live now, but where I previously lived too. Um, there were some neighbors when I suddenly found myself to be a single mom and was kind of trying to navigate so much. I mean, I had my next door neighbor, Amy, and there was another lady in the back of the subdivision named Karen. And I mean, they helped me out more times than I even cared to know because I, I needed them. And it was humbling for me to have to ask for their help, but they graciously did it and never ever made me feel like I was inferior for asking for their help. And, um, you know, there's different things. My, I've had my neighbors on both sides of me, like when I've needed something, you know, I've, well, I always borrow food from my next door neighbor over on the other side, but the other <laughs> side is a, a gentleman that lives there. And, um, you know, he's, I'm like, I can't get this trimmer to work. Like, I have no idea what to, you know, and he's just been great or, you know, I need something moved. I'm, you know, mm-hmm. people like that just willing to sort of like be part of your life. And yeah, I, yeah. I will tell a funny neighbor story. So we, this one, when we lived in Illinois, we had a neighbor and she, oh, she worked, I think something high level. She dressed really nice and she looked really, and she didn't seem very polite. Mm-hmm. And then she had a baby and then I had a baby, but we still, I never talked to her. Well, one day I was home with my newborn and she knocked on the door and I said, Oh, I mean, I don't think she'd ever come to my house. I said, Oh, hi. And she just stood there. She's like, hi. And I said, what do you need? She goes, I'm here for the eggs. And I said, what are you, what are you talking about? And she said, I just talked to you on the phone and asked you if I could borrow a couple eggs. And I said, I don't know who you talked to, but it wasn't me. I said, but I have some eggs. Come in, come in. <laughs> so she came in and she was like, that is really weird. So she, I gave her the eggs and she left. Well, and if, like maybe like five minutes later, she comes back over and she's like, there's another person on our street with your name. My, our, my husband's name is Todd. So there was another Todd and Kimberly Johnson on our street. That's who she had called. And so she called that, li- that lady back and told her, you know, you're not going to believe this is so funny. And the lady's like, so you're not coming to get the eggs. <laughs> <laughs> and so we had such a huge laugh about that. And then then we started meeting for coffee, or I mean, at our houses every week. And I'm like, how and cool. I remember at the time thinking, I cannot believe how much time I've wasted not being your friend because when I saw you, you looked like you had it way more together than I knew I did. And so mm-hmm. I didn't want to reach out to you. And hmm. um, so over the misunderstanding, we became really good friends. And that was really, that was really sweet and fun. It is fun. Yeah. <laughs> did you ever meet the other Todd and Kimberly? <laughs> well, no, not after that reaction. <laughs> So you're not coming to get the eggs? No. It was a long street. She didn't live very near us. Mm -hmm. That's my excuse. Well, yeah. That's that's funny. I don't think I remember that story. That's awesome. I like that. Yeah. Well, and I remember when I first was started staying home with Alyssa, it was, you know, I I was went from working full time to being at home on bed rest to having a baby and then now I'm I'm home all the time. And I remember that was a really difficult transition for me because I had really good friends that I worked with. And then Kimberly had just moved, as we mentioned at the beginning of this podcast. Um, And so (laughs) I, uh, you know, so I missed all of my friends. And I remember I would see this lady walk around the neighborhood, though, with a stroller. And I was like, okay, so there's somebody around here close by that stays at home during the day and has a kid. I must find this person. <laughs> so I remember I kind of watched just to see if there was any kind of patterns or whatever. And then one day I, I was watching. She came up the street and I just happened to walk out to get my mail at that time. Right. And so then I introduced myself and she just lived right around the corner. Her name was Lisa. And, you know, her and I did quite a few things together until I, we both ended up moving yeah. about the same time. But even after that, I still kind of kept in touch with her. And then her husband ended up being the girl's high school teacher for math for a couple of, and he was phenomenal. But I mean, 
it was just really interesting how like I think desperation drove me, you know, to kind of connect with her. And I told her later, I'm like, I stopped you, I stopped you. I'm totally sorry about that. But I was really desperate. So I think with, um, you know, with that, sometimes it's easy maybe with, you know, TV, social media, things like that to sort of like have something that feels kind of counterfeit. Um, and maybe it's filling our need. But I think at the end of the day, like, you know, there's nothing like that connects you like face to face presence, there is, yeah. you know? And so I, I think we just, we need to know that about ourselves and need to be mindful of that and, and just ensure that we have that in our life. Yeah. Either I'm just making this up or I heard someone say this recently, <laughs> that embodied beings need embodied beings. Yeah. Like we need yeah. to be with each other. If you yeah. made that up, you should probably put on a t-shirt. <laughs> I probably heard someone say it. Um, You know, um, something that's a little awkward for me is like friendships with relatives that you just see once a year. Because like if it's a total stranger, Mm -hmm. you just say, hey, how are you doing? You know, you you want to know about them and stuff. But like with your relatives, you really should know what about them already. You don't want to ask the same questions year after Mm -hmm. year. But you don't. Like I, you know, sometimes every time, even with names, um, so it's a little bit awkward and embarrassing, but um, I think you do a pretty good job. I know our social functions at talking with people and stuff, but any and keeping up with people. But do you have any uh, thoughts, just either of you, uh, Kimberly or, or Cindy, about um, friendships with relatives? I think I could do a lot better. I mean, I appreciate what you said, but I think I could do a lot better. I mean, I think that it's 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 hard because you that involves a lot of intentionality, right? Like we were talking about, and sometimes we just yeah. don't put the time and the energy into that and people get busy and you sort of, I think it's easy to take relatives for granted in that way. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Do you have any? No, I mean, I'm relating to you because, um, you know, I have a family member that I really, I really like her and I think she is a wonderful person. We don't have a whole lot in common. And so when we're together, it's kind of like we run through the Mm-hmm. standard questions of how things are going right. how's your job how are the kids and we don't have a lot that we connect on mm-hmm. but but in those cases we play games you know mm-hmm. like so we do things that don't require necessarily friendship but just fellowship fun mm-hmm. and that's okay so we play more games more games together or cook or something like oh would you help me cook this and then it's more task based rather than <laughs> deep relationship yeah but it's still fun to do things. Yeah. Them, right? yeah. Well, I mean, right. Sounds I like, like her. It. Yeah. You know? like yeah. So and maybe that, I mean, again, we have different types of friendships and mm-hmm. you know, that's, yeah, that's the thrust upon you type of friendship. Right. <laughs> Get along. It's Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. When, um, I've thought that it would be so helpful to be able to remember names. Well, like just with people at church, mm-hmm. like remembering kids names, even, um, because if you know someone's name, it just makes it makes mm-hmm. me more bold. Like I can at least say, "Hey, so and so, how's it going?" Whereas um, if I don't know their name, then I'm I feel a little bad. Like they might say, "Hey, Will," and it's like, "Hi," <laughs> and I'm conscious that I can't say "Hi" and their name. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know mm-hmm. if they're aware of it. Probably so, but um, I don't know. I'm. It's something that I'm kind of trying to to work on and learn a little bit more about names because I think it would just open me up more, you mm-hmm. know, I don't know. Have you guys ever thought about that? Oh, uh, yeah. yeah I, I think it's good that you're thinking about it and bringing it up. Cause I don't think most people 
put as much effort into it as what you just described that you do. So I think that that's even well, just bringing it up is a, is a, is a good thing. I, mm-hmm. I think we fall into one or two camps. Well, well, it's easy for me to remember people's names. So good. Or I can't, you know, and there's not that in between space of like trying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I have a coworker who is not someone that I work with very closely. Um, but every time she sees me, she says, hi, Kimberly. And mm-hmm. I don't, I mean, I, isn't that odd? But that really means so much to me yeah. that she says that every time. And I didn't remember her name for a while. Like I had to work on it. But mm-hmm. it's funny. I'll, um, there is really nice research on how to remember people's names through associations. And it's something I would like to get better at as well. Because mm-hmm. you're right. There's something about knowing a person's name that's very special. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes just taking a moment. This is what I heard helps. And it's true when I remember to do it but it's when you hear the name actually stopping and thinking about it and then trying to make an association yep. right there at that point yeah um and that's important but yeah saying someone's name makes them feel special i mean it should right mm-hmm. so um yeah yeah well that's about all i all the thoughts I have about friendships and so forth but just anything else before wrapping it up just anything kind of on your minds that would be good just to throw out there and discuss a bit. Um, no. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, I, mean, I, I think I think if anything, we can say like that. You know, friendships are really important, and they're yeah, a they're blessing. Important. And you know, you um, having some intentionality towards a friendship is like, you know, super important. And that it's easy to look at all the other things in life. I think that sometimes can take precedence over that. But, um, you know, friendship is something I think that has eternal value. It teaches us something about ourselves, about the other person, uh, about relationships in general, and um, it grows us and stretches us. So I think, I think it's, you know, they're certainly beneficial, but they don't just automatically always happen. Right. Um, so I think it's that yeah. maybe that could be a summary. Yeah, that's good. They take nourishing. They do. Kind of like a garden, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, when I think of um, friendship, I, there's different stories that come to mind, but the, my favorite story of friendship, and I remember learning this as a little girl, was like David and Jonathan, you know, in the Bible. And, you know, Jonathan was obviously the king's son, and David wasn't. <laughs> and, and at times, because of the relationship to the king, right, that put their friendship, like, in jeopardy. Mm-hmm. But I think the really beautiful thing about that friendship was the way in which they loved each other, the way in which they sacrificed for each other, and they never forgot about each other. So even after Jonathan had passed away, you know, David was still looking for ways to honor his friend and, and did that by taking care of Jonathan's son, you know, mm-hmm. found him and made him as one of his own sons. And so, um, you know, I think about you know, that, that is such a beautiful story, I think, of how, um, you know, friendship, maybe at its best, you know, works. So. Well, I mean, I, it's an old saying, I think, about, you know, friendship makes the highs better, because mm-hmm. like, and even like, you know, you want to brag on your kids, but I try to be selective, because, you know, I'm annoyed when other people are always going on, but not in Cindy's case. No. Like, I know she's <laughs> as happy as I am, and when mm-hmm. she shares things about her kids, I'm happy too, and so when things are hard for me, I know that Cindy cares about that, so it makes the really fun things, I love sharing those, because I know she's happy with me, mm-hmm. and then the sad times, I know she's sad with me, so that makes life richer. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely, and that, I guess I, I get kind of a visual image of like, you know, when you're friends, you just, you sit next to each other during mm-hmm. the good and the bad, mm-hmm. you know, 
And um, I think that that's, maybe that's what that is, is, you know, finding a way in life to really, you know, walk, sit next to each other as you go through Which, life. walk or sit? Well, it depends. As you get older, it's more sitting. Yeah. <laughs> like by a beach with a cup of coffee. I think that's important to keep that in mind. Because we did a lot of walking when we went to Washington. We like hiked all over. Oh, and we, oh, and when we went to Jordan... Kimberly walked up and, and Petra walked way up on the top of this thing and she was afraid to do it, but she kept doing it. And this nice Bedouin man who was our leader, he was the one that took us up like on this back road. We had to climb all these rocks. He kept telling her, he goes, you're not dead. In, in uh, Arabic, he said, you're not dead yet. You're not dead yet. But she did that. Yeah, that was good. So Cindy yeah. gets me to do things that I never imagined I would do. And look, you're doing your first podcast. Yeah. See? Is it your first? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. Yeah. See? Yeah. And she went up. And we got some really good pictures up on the top of Petra. Yeah. Yeah. The pictures were worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So um, maybe not climbing up steep rocks together, but definitely walking together. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Cindy. And thanks, Kimberly. Thanks for being guest on the podcast. It was a good conversation. I really appreciate it. Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> mm-hmm.